Welcome to another edition of the Maniverse Podcast with your host Tom Traplin. This is session number 34. Podcast is supported by listeners like you. Go to patreon.com forward slash metaverse podcast and become a patron of the show. You can help support the podcast and get access to exclusive patron only content. What's up, you beautiful bastards? Welcome to the Metaverse Podcast, where I talk with local game store owners all over North America. Today's podcast is an update with a previous guest. Roughly six months ago, Aaron Tillman started up Nerd Haven with 500 bucks and a laptop. Now he's expanded to a location with more than five times the space, and picked up a new business partner. Today we dig into the details of the last few months, and we find out how they made it happen. Let's go! My name's Aaron Tillman. I'm one of the owners of Nerdish Haven in Coffeyville, Kansas. And I pretty much just work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and how about you, Aaron? Uh, my name is Alan Hicks. I just bought into co-ownership of Nerd Haven in Coffeyville. Um, got us moved into a larger shop and hosting some pretty big events. Uh, Alan here is also a, uh, a press ganger for Privateer Press Games. Yeah, the makers of War Machine Hordes uh, and the Iron Kingdoms Universe. Cool. So, what does it mean to be a press ganger? Well, what is a press ganger? Yeah. What press, is a press ganger? A press ganger is someone who volunteers to work uh, under Privateer Press, and of course they have to accept you. And you get some sweet perks to run around and host tournaments for them, you know, make, make rule calls if necessary, um, organize, get people playing, playing and interested in their games. Um, Privateer, as a company, I mean, for a game manufacturer to go out of, the way, out of their way as much as they do to to promote their product They're, they help shops i mean everything they do is the answer go through your brick and mortar store yeah um privateer press and the press gangers are kind of like uh i guess level two judges in magic not quite we have official judges and uh, for major events to mm-hmm. make rulings um tournament organizers kind of are impromptu or i guess level one judges yeah okay and then you've got infernals who speak with uh game developers to make permanent errata as needed. Gotcha. And Privateer Press has been really good to us. They sent us like a whole care package of stuff when we started carrying their stuff. Cool. So, I mean, they're pretty, they've been pretty good to us. Cool. And we ca- we now carry uh, War Machine and Hordes. Nice. So things have been going well. Yeah. Things growing up. Going growing up. Nice. So let's, uh, let's talk about what's, uh, what's happened over the last few months. Give us, give us the details. What's changed? Well, uh, the last couple of months, we've just been slowly building our community. Um, we've gotten we've gotten upwards of uh, oh, twelve to oh, twenty four. Usually, of a general Friday night, and you know a few less during the week. But in the old store, 
And we were kind of exploding out of our borders because, you know, we made the mistake of, you know, getting a 200-square-foot store. Yeah. And that, that didn't work, work out too well, so. And we moved down to the end cap, and rather than being in the middle of a inside mall, so to speak, we've got a uh, big window where we can hang our stuff and let people see as they walk by, hey, look, there's somebody in there. We've got a, I'm not going to say massive, but it's at least a, in my mind, an impressive size shop now. It's about 750 square foot up up top and then another 750 downstairs. Yeah, we have a we're currently renovating for our D&D community. Yeah. Because playing in a basement with Cheetos and Mountain Dew is part of the experience <laughs> everybody should get in a lifetime. And we're going to make that basement look like a freaking dungeon. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah it's got... pretty much required, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> and part of the move, there was some stuff left over from the previous occupants of their space. So we got a big glass display case and tables and chairs. I mean, we got set up pretty good. Oh, yeah. We got a pretty good deal in this. Nice. So what uh, well, yeah. what spurred the improvement, the upgrade, the move? Okay, so here's kind of what happened. Uh, as best I remember it, um, I guess it was last Saturday, we, uh, Coffeeville was having their uh, Dalton Defender Days, which they just kind of do reenactments of uh, when the Dalton gang was shot to death by the townspeople. So uh, we decided that day would be amazing to have at a convention. So we ran a, you know, a learn-to-play convention of the games we do. And we had, man, 800 people come through that day. Something, nice. something stupid like that. <laughs> and then, you know, we made some sales, did some stuff, and all of a sudden, Alan here is saying, hey, why don't we just move up to this next shop? I'm like, uh, I don't know if we can I'll have to look at the financials, and then, you know, within an hour, I think we were moving. <laughs> well, um, as a press gang member, I came up here to try to get people playing War Machine like, the, you know, a good lackey of the company. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to Aaron one day, because you have to have a 4x4 table for this miniature combat game, and I have, you know, knowledge of uh, saws and how to build things and I said hey man if you uh, want I can build the tables for, for your shop and you know if you, if you give me a little bit of you know, cash incentive to equalize some of the cost of lumber and whatnot and we made an agreement and a couple of weeks later he goes um, we're not doing so well we, we may have to end up closing close the doors and I got to looking at my financials and said hey you know how about I just buy into it and throw some money at the problem and make it go away <laughs> That's, and so I did. Yeah, we we were uh, thinking thinking about shut, shutting the doors for well about forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I think that was kind of just depression and you know. Getting overworked. Yeah. Under, overworked, underpaid kind of stuff. Mm. It all worked out in the end. Just a temporary blip, huh? Uh, yeah, it was just a temporary little blip thing. But. You know, and that was in the days leading up to the convention, and, you know, everything was going crazy. <laughs> we had our grand reopening last night. Um, we had, I organized, a, if you gave us an email address, that way we can get an email 
list going. We would get mm-hmm. we had uh, drawings for oh we did five dollar store credit every hour, and then we had a raffle where I got some stuff donated and put some of my own stuff up. Uh, for example, a foil Gideon. Yeah, Yeah, old Gideon got uh, all foiled up and went home with somebody last night. We sold the chances of that at a dollar a piece, and then the added twist is if you spend $10 in the shop, you got one free for every 10 bucks you spent. So how did that turn out? Oh, we had Uh, standing room only. Yeah, pretty much. We we shoved like 50, 60 people in here at the height of the night. Then when when we were finally able to, you know, Stop, take a breath, and take pictures. Uh, I think we were down to like 30, somewhere around there, 25 to 30. We had a Battle for Zendikar draft that had 16 players. Yeah, 16 players. And all on top of the fact that we were literally sanctioned the day before, (laughs) and then a core level event out of of nowhere. Nice. Uh, Yeah, that's That's a pretty good start. That's another update I got for you. Last time we talked, we weren't sanctioned. Come to find out, uh, Wizards of the Coast really wants you to have a place bigger than what we had. So now we do, and they like immediately sanction us that day. So oh, really, so as soon as you moved, they were like, "Okay, it's cool now." Yep, yep. They're just like, "Ah, oh, we're good. Let's go." Nice. And they, they've been pretty helpful so far. So of course, everything was going good. And then uh, someone had to go, hey, we've been, been at it for four hours now and no hiccups. Oh, sh- And then somebody <laughs> dressed up as Hiccup walked through the door. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have a, uh, a, a cosplayer uh, that comes around every so often, and she was dressed up like Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon today. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. That's probably the most memorable bit, memorable <laughs> bit last night because it's so random. <laughs> it was pretty random. I like that. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, of course, part of momentum is an object in motion stays in motion, so we're starting to plan for our, our major Halloween blowout. Yeah, I think we're going to have some kind of a huge party going on during Halloween. Sounds good. Do you have a lot of cosplayers in the area? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we got quite a few. we got more that's being interest, interested every day since we have people, you know, coming actually in cosplay now. Of course, it also helps that we started stocking uh, manga and anime. That's true. We did. Yeah, expanding the uh, product line. Yeah, we, we've expanded into uh, manga, anime, uh, we a even, bit. We even took in a couple Xbox 360 games on a, on a trade-in and then sold them almost immediately. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I want to tackle that beast, though. <laughs> That, that's still kind of up in the air whether we're going to do video games or not. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just a matter of, of nerd culture. I mean. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, it depends on how much effort it is and how much return you're going to get on it and whether or not the community wants it. Finding that yeah. balance, right? Yeah, it, 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 we have to balance it out just depending on what goes on. <laughs> so the, the move has really magnified the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Like uh, it's become, uh, it started the ball rolling, which is interesting. Yeah, well, we were beforehand. We were kind of tucked in like the middle of the mall, and we didn't have any outside windows, and we were kind of hard to see. But now we're on the outside, and we have a huge like uh, glass pane now, so you so people can see us outside. And Coffeeville's so small that uh, pretty much all the nightlife just hangs out on like 
main drag here? Yeah, this like two, three block area right here. Well, we've got a pool hall across the street from us. That's true. And two bars down the street. Uh, one's technically a pub or a yeah. rather than a bar, but you get the point. So we, we drag the intelligent people that don't want to hang around those people to us. Nice. So, cool. yeah. Uh, and, you know, with the win window facings now, I mean, people can kind of see what we're doing and more people have come check it out. You know, and in the week now that we've been here, we've probably increased our customers by at least 100%, I'd say. Yeah, double our, our regulars. Yeah, about double our regulars. Solid. Very. That's a, that's a very good jump for a very short period of time. So, somehow Alan knows how to get things done. So, hmm. so how much of that? It, how much of that would you credit to better frontage? You know, more visibility, or is there something nope. else going on that's uh, bringing in the new customers? Not only do we have the, the, the high visibility, but the other thing that plays into that, that the comment that you made there is mm -hmm. we moved during the Dalton Defender days, so everybody who's walking by and already out in their lawn chairs watching this event that's happening right across our street here, like, hey, what are these guys doing? Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't I, we have like a twin hmm. band demo D and D? Yeah. That? Yeah, I had to. I had to uh, get some of our regulars to DM some tables for us. Uh, yeah, the the move happened literally right on that day, and of course, you know, some of our regulars were here helping out with some of the stuff anyway. And you know, when we were move, moving and getting into the front, I mean, there were thousands of people down here, so everyone saw us move. So I mean, that has a lot to do with it too. I think. So, cool. I mean, visibility and frontage, definitely, but the fact that we moved on such a populated day in the area probably helped just about as much as the big window. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. That's a nice little trick. Everyone's all already out, and you kind of catch everyone's attention with the, the transition. Yeah, hmm. we also uh, gathered a raid party, and after the reenactments went out into the crowd and started yelling about D&D and stuff, just trying to draw as many people as we could in that's a good idea there's a, it's funny because that there there's a lot of overlap right with D D and role playing and what was going on so i can see how that would right. appeal to a lot of people oh and another thing we've been doing because we have a we have a facebook page obviously like mm -hmm. most places nowadays but we have been utilizing it in a unique manner the staff have a uh, pseudo names that we use on the page and we kind of whenever we phrase things we put it in character and then yeah, we just kind of role play on the Facebook page. <laughs> for example, uh, Usador the Wizard here mm -hmm. uh, did the the spoil reveal about the Gideon give on the giveaway, and I mean he came up with this real funny way of putting it. Oh yeah, I I, I said Gideon was getting all foiled up and going home with someone like a cheap hooker. <laughs> <laughs> but in in more archaic English terms. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh. I'm not in the role-playing role character right now. <laughs> and when Geekigami's in between the 7th and ninth dimensions, he has to refuel his machines as a technomancer and you know, talks about the, the haven for nerds. Of course. Hmm, interesting. Thanks. Yeah, it, it's just some of those things that keeps more interaction on our Facebook page. Keeping people engaged is half the battle to keep them coming. Yeah, absolutely. Have you found that, like, really gets the conversations going people are responding to the whole to the uh you know the online role-playing basically yeah the over the last week we've had uh 
1,800% increase in, uh, like, just comments page, and stuff. Page participation yeah. according to the Facebook stats yeah. that they give you on the side for free. Yeah. Cool. So, like, 1,800% is pretty hardcore. Yeah, that would be kind of hard to get, you know, any other time of the day. Anywhere else, that would be a very happy yeah. thing to happen. That's cool. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, and I've pretty much been completely neglecting our website. <laughs> we, we may get that back up and going some. Websites are kind of, you know, the 90s, and people are all, just all on Facebook. You just got to abuse the medium that where, where the people are. I suppose so. I actually wanted to ask Alan some more questions about uh, why he decided to become a partner. Oh, well, that's actually, believe it or not, pretty easy. Okay. Um, for ever since I was a very, very small kid, I've always wanted to own and run a nerd store. And for me, it's always been a capital issue. And um, for years, I, I, you know, whenever I'd go out to thrift areas and could get stuff that would one day make great inventory and usage tables, things like that, I would get it and I'd stockpile it in my, my massive storage unit. And I got my full-time job. I work uh, as the lead control officer for ConocoPhillips in Bartlesville. And I get paid re re uh, really well and weekends off to do security work, sit behind bolt-resistant glass and watch cameras and keep the systems running. Mm. And uh, when Aaron was needing more, more money in the shop, I just jumped right in, threw money at the problem, got all my stuff, got it loaded out, put it in the shop, and ready to go. And started organizing events as a press ganger. That's what I do for privateer for my hobby yeah. time. For and I've been doing that for a year and a half now. And so getting an event together real quick and getting people there is something that I kind of specialize in. You know, the whole idea of shanghaiing people as a as a pirate. Yeah, I, I suppose the moral of the story here is uh, just kind of throw money at it and. Deal with it as it comes. <laughs> That's one of those things, as a matter of, it was something I've always wanted to do, so I guess you could call it a childhood dream. And uh, the opportunity finally arose, and it's something I've been preparing for, for to do myself, and it just opened up magically one day. Just seemed like a good opportunity. Oh, very much so. Okay. And I have not regretted any any decisions thus far. Well, that's Probably a good thing. Aaron makes me wonder. Really? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're all of a sudden. I'm all of a sudden working close quarters with somebody whom I really didn't know very all that extra well. I mean, I'd come up here and played in the shop and did my my press game thing, but I really have no background with this guy. And it's just one of those things that somehow you sometimes attract people of this, you know, birds of a feather and whatnot. I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Way other than voodoo. <laughs> and sometimes it's. Uh... I don't know, advantageous not to be, you know, not to have a prior relationship with somebody when it's it's a business agreement, right? You know, it works as a partnership, but uh, you can complicate things if you're friends or whatever, so it might actually be a, a good thing that you kind of just jumped into this. But it was such a, an ordeal that he could have been a serial killer, for all I knew, when I, I started up, to be honest. <laughs> Still could. Still could, very well. I see how you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've been real happy with, with our partnership. Um, I know that everything's been t 
turning, the wheels have been turning well greased and, and going the way it's supposed to. So I, whatever we're doing, we're doing right. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember most of it. I haven't slept in like a week. <laughs> the hustle yeah. and bustle of yeah, reopening just, and getting everything, uh, getting everyone excited again. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of been one of those things. And it, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it in the end. Oh, absolutely. Haven't been happier. Cool. So That's what are you true. guys working on right now? What are you uh, building towards? Other than your big Halloween party, what else? What, like, what are the plans for the shop now? Well, um, getting fully stocked, which we're almost there, actually. I think we have about 80% of where we want to be for the month. I mean, the case is almost fully stocked. Uh, we got a 10, a ten foot case. That's roughly yeah. three foot wide. We finally got stock of singles. Yeah. Individually priced and ready to rumble. And we're almost keeping in packs now. <laughs> the way we've got our, our, the, the big goal for me is financials. Um, obviously the goal is to make money and not pay money. Of course. Um, we have our, the agreement is that if the shop, well, let's say hypothetically the shop made zero money, Aaron and I would take the overhead and split it down the middle. And he's responsible for half of it, I'm responsible for half of it. Yep. Um, that's roughly $300 each, all things considered, because our rent's five with the utility. Yeah. It's variable, but yeah. I'm just going to round it up to, to and 100. Then, just and then the insurance, simplicity. of course, yeah. So, so you just just to bed. interject a little bit. So you pay five hundred dollars for a fifteen hundred square foot place. Pretty much. We're in damn. Confidence. This dude. That's nuts. <laughs> that is a pretty we good deal. On the previous place. Yeah, we had two hundred and fifty on the previous place. But go, getting back on. Okay. The, yeah. Keep going. Subject here, the way we get the financials rigged up, and whether this is the smart way of doing it is yet to be seen. At the end of the month, we take everything the shop has made, and we divide it down the middle. Half of it goes right back into the shop's account for either inventory or anything that needs done, overhead, etc. And the other half, we divide again in half, so each of us make 25% in order to try to not pay any money. Yeah. And, of course, if the shop were to not make enough money, our, our cuts would immediately go back into overhead so we didn't have to pay anything out of our pocket. Right. Uh, I'm trying to keep the shop running at peak efficiency, paying for its own uh, inventory so we don't have to kick anything in. Of uh, course. We put, I know I put, oh, all things considered, inventory and uh, um, m uh, my personal finances into it. I think I kicked in roughly fifteen to 2000 Yeah, something like that. And uh, Probably about the same as where we were when you came in. We have what Aaron kicked in and, and got it started with his seed money and then what I threw in at it. And right now we're, we're running it at pretty peak efficiency. Yes, we. I would like to see more things like sleeves and cases and boxes. And, and yeah, we, we definitely got to get more of those because we can't hardly keep those on the shelf. But, yeah, that seems like a pretty good, pretty good product line to start jumping on and if people are pulling them well, off as fast as they can. Yeah, we're, we're ordering twice a week now and... Man, it's just as soon as we get stuff in, it just sells like immediately, and we just have to keep ordering. The the big thing that uh, big one of the big changes that never really got got discussed, probably just because of the the sheer to 
enormity of running everything and getting it together is accepting people on uh, orders. If they want it in particular, rather than waiting for us to have the, the chance to get it, have them prepay it and get it here. Hmm. That's yeah, a new, that's a new uh, procedure you're doing? You're basically yeah. taking pre-orders? Yeah, we take pre-orders on pretty much anything. If they want something, instead of just waiting for us to be able to actually fund it ourselves, they'll just pay us for it and we'll just flop it on the next order. Well, for example, if a person wants specifically, uh, they got, let's say, four decks, two of them EDH, and they need sleeves for it all, you know, calculate up what the sleeves would cost and uh, have them prepay it, put it in the order. That way we've already got our... Yeah, but I mean, it's not really sleeves. It's more like, you know, War, machi war Machine-specific, yeah. like... Bat units yeah. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, like that, real specific things. That it's kind of hard to know what's going to sell when and stuff. But at the same time, not limiting it by we only do it here. We do it whatever anybody wants. But right. mostly it doesn't happen on the smaller items. But even on the small items, it's worth it to a shop to go ahead and take that prepay money because you get your, your profit money that you can immediately seed into what else you're ordering on that. that right. Trip. Right. I mean, it's. It's just one of those things that just kind of helps out everyone involved, I think. Yeah, yeah but they, if, they want, if they want it, they want to buy it from you, why take the money and go get it? Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it may be like two days before it gets in, but, you know, it's you, if you were going to order it online, it'd take two days anyway. So. Or longer. You yeah. Support your brick and mortar who you get to go and sit at. I mean, or, or, put it this way. You get to come in and sit down and play for free. We give we charge you fifty cents a can of pop, twenty five cents yeah. for a bottle of water because we've got a really amazing distributor on that. But you know the atmosphere you're not going to get on your living room couch. And letting people know that is is really important. Too. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. The atmosphere is just like none other. Especially for D and D in the basement. <laughs> mm. So have the customers really responded to the fact that you're like putting it out there that uh you know whatever you want we will get it for you oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. oh certainly yeah we we got a deck list from a guy that really wanted it i think we had his whole deck list in well, like he, three hours well the, mm. he, on the dalton defender days while we were moving this this guy comes in and he says hey i was designing this edh deck and i want to build it and i look at a sheet and i say sit down for a second and go get my personal book out because I've been playing Magic for forever. And I just start going through the pages of this thing, and I, I build his deck on the spot. Mm -hmm. So here, Aaron, while I'm moving tables, could you price this? And he yeah, goes through, okay, $200 sold. He paid his cash. Nice. And yesterday he brought another deck list in that he wants to build. Yeah. That's going to be a little harder because it's a, it's a standard deck. Or is it standard or modern, but it's... It's stuff modern. that's a little harder to find just because it's common, uncommon. Yeah. To a big box. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, generally we can get this. We got enough connections now, and uh, since Alan here is a press ganger, we now have really good relations with like ninety percent of the other stores around. Well, for example, we've got a, a shop here in Oklahoma that, uh, because I go frequent them and. You know, run tournaments. There, the shop owner there said, "Hey, whenever you want to order, if you order from the same distributor, we can combine order for a bigger discount." Yeah. We've got the guys at cool. Uh, another shop that, if we don't have it, all we got to do is make a phone call, and they will set it aside, and I will have it here the next day. Yeah. And of course, they they can 
use our tax number to give it to us at, at cost. Yeah. And then we can go ahead and just flip it around. Yeah, and then, you know, during like their their major events, we don't schedule anything. And we kind of got a list of things of uh, all the stores around that are scheduling different events. And we just try not to, you know, schedule anything huge while they're doing huge yeah, stuff. Mean, Friday Night Magic has to happen. Yeah, obviously. But, yeah. but it's not going to have a, a Mondo draft with a booster box as a prize at the same time that they got something major. Yeah. Um, again, that's utilizing the social media. I've got a pin post on, on the page of all the special events being hosted by all the shops in the area that I, I, I sit there and okay, go through everything, compile it into a schedule, leave it up for everybody to see, rotate yeah. it as, as necessary. Yeah. So on any given day, pretty much anyone in the area, uh, well, keeps, in, our, keeps this... our Facebook page, a one-stop shop for all the information you'd need, not just for us, but for yeah. traveling around on tournament circuit. Right. Cool. You know, it's good to develop relationships and try not to conflict with each other. Oh, yeah. It's one of the fun things about Magic tournaments specifically, you know, always trying to work together so that uh, you're not trying to step on each other's toes, or steal each other's yeah. customers, accidentally, of course. Yeah, that's very true. And around here, you know, our area is like 100 miles or so. Yeah, so The furthest that I personally have gone is three hours um, further shop away is Stillwater that we schedule and work with because oh, yeah. a three-hour drive is is what is the most I think you can expect out of people. Not saying I wouldn't be willing to work with, say, Oklahoma City as it's a four-hour drive, but if they wanted to work with us, we would. We just haven't gotten that far to make that yeah. connection yet. Yeah, yeah we're probably unnecessary. Yeah, we're we're on a in a very rural area, so I mean, driving between shops is pretty long drive sometimes but um that's what i do as a press ganger yes 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 it is uh, i get 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 store cred to, to order my stuff for my gaming habits for free mm -hmm. in exchange for doing it for them so. yeah that's true so you're bringing more to the table than just you know a few bucks and some uh, some supplies you're also bringing an experience and basically relationships that you've built up with the other stores yeah, I'm, I'm that, that, that weird friend that no matter what you need, if you ask me for it, I will find it, I will acquire it, it will be there. Um, networking is, is pretty much my specialty. Yeah, and I don't drive very far from here, so I don't venture out of the shop well, too often. You know, I, I played back, I qualified for Pro Tour in, Kamigawa, in the Kamigawa set of Magic. That's, oh, yeah. that's how long ago I seriously played Magic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a while. Ever since then, my my fun thing to do when we'd go to the area shops is take my stuff and trade. It would, it's always surprising how much I can end up trading up at the end of the day. Oh yeah, that tra trading is a hobby in and of itself. <laughs> Absolutely, there are Magic players who don't play the game; they just trade the cards. What's bad is, as a trader, I've always ended up trading up without looking at the value of a single card, because supply and demand it always overrides what the actual value is. If I have it and you really want it, you will pay up the most for it. That, and from my experience, I don't think you could look it up. You're not that technologically advanced. <laughs> well, 
Yes, I use an iPhone, but, you know, I went to college for electrical engineering. I can do just about anything after uh, I smash it with a hammer. <laughs> point exactly. Parts. <laughs> so what yeah, products I'm, are you guys uh, focusing on now? So you you used to just be magic, right, for the most part? Well, I you know, started way back in, in the old, olden days of my youth playing Pokemon, you know, in school. Graduated to Yu-Gi-Oh. Got into high school, played magic. You know, ran with that for a while, and now I alternate back between the miniature combat game and magic, just depending on what what my mood is for the day. Yep, it's kind of how I am. And they're 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 really comparable in explaining. So yeah, but as as a shop owner, you can't be too fixated on one game and oh, push yeah. that one product all the time, because if it's not a popular product, you're just gonna scare people away. You've got to be willing to push what people want. Right. And if you're okay with playing anything, then you're having fun regardless what you're pushing. That's true. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just at home sitting down playing as the odd man out on a Pokemon tournament as I am in a War Machine tournament or a Magic tournament. Or God forbid Yu-Gi-Oh if it ever makes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not part of the community at the moment? Well, we've had whisperings and people interested but i've never ga- never haven't so far been able to gather eight people in the same location yeah it's one of those things that, there, that, there's, that there's, an apocalyptic seal will have to break i'm gonna guess if that ever occurs yeah there, there's probably like 15 or 20 Yu-Gi-Oh players in the area but they never like congregate at the same time we try well alien games and jinx um they run a massive Yu-Gi-Oh community down there mm-hmm. and i mean massive and People who aren't within 15 minutes of us, if they're, you know, comparable distance, they're probably just going to go there. That's true. Just because they've been supporting it, they get the major tournaments. Yeah, we got... Most of our crowd is older, and frankly, I think it was uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! that made their their tournaments play. If you were born before the year 2000, you can't play. I don't know. If you look look it up, I promise you it's there (laughs) on certain events. Wow. Hmm. It's uh, Konami's effect to keep it a children's card game. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> every 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 tournament has its own formats. So. Yep. I mean, if we could, if we have a community for Yu-Gi-Oh, we'll do it. But until we can, you know, gather the, enough people in the same area, we're just not going to worry about it. At least I'm not holding up for gathering the Dragon Ball. It's like this DBZ card player over here. Hey, hey, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is a great card game. I don't care what anybody says. Even if there's only one player, I'll still play my deck. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, uh, I wanted to try it out myself, but I haven't actually found a, sh- a shop in my area who sells it, so I wouldn't know. But uh, yeah. it looks like fun. Well, you know, for a nominal fee and shipping, we can send you a deck. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. I might take you up on that. <laughs> yeah. So for things like that, do you uh, do you try and start a... Uh, well, not a community, but like, do you try and start up a game? Have you ever like actually tried to push something other than Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, always. Um, we got a couple of uh, the Dragon Ball Z decks around. Just you know, I flop them out there just to see if anyone wants to play every once in a while. But well, falling back on my experience as a press ganger, they have mm-hmm. a thing called Demo Days, where you have a you schedule it, you advertise it, you have to put a two week notice on it hey, on this day we're going to be doing demonstrations of this game, and then you set up a little table special, you know, and man it, and anybody who comes in, you just kind of approach them, talk to them, hey, you know, what are you here for, you know? 
would you like to try this new game I've got got set up over here? It's really awesome. Take you 15 minutes to learn. If you like it, you know you have another hobby. Yeah, it'll take you more than 15 minutes to learn Dragon Ball Z. That's for sure. Well, if I can teach a miniature combat game that you had to put together and paint models for in 15 minutes, I'm pretty sure we can teach a card game that quick. That's true, I suppose. At least the basics, for sure. Yeah, exactly. the, the basics anyway. How yeah. to win, that takes a little bit longer, but yeah. the mechanics of the game, you could probably pass that on. Right. Yeah, Aaron here, de- demoing DBZ, for, has not won a game in four years, but, well, not, but he happens. regularly places in DBZ tournaments when they existed. <laughs> yeah. That, that's part of the that's trick. That's been a long time. When you demo a game, show. you let them win. Then they get hooked. It's like cardboard crack. Yeah, you give them the feel goods, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it would that... probably not be so effective if you uh, demo the game and then just crush them. That's what Alan did to me. <laughs> I asked him if he wanted me to bring the pain. I think it would be I... maybe for certain people it would work, but uh, I'm sure your average like 10-year-old would be like, yeah, maybe this game's not for me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when uh, Alan first came to uh, do a demo for us, um, pretty much it was getting real late and everyone had kind of gone home and he asked me if I wanted to learn. I was like, yep, sure do. I told him not to hold back. Of course, that's how I, I learned the best. So so we played three games that night and I entered a, what was a 50-point steamroller the next day. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I a right. tournament at a shop about an hour from here. And I put my list together because I'm organizing the tournament. I can't play in it. I said, here, Aaron, here's my list. You just have some fun. Knock it out. Yeah, I, th- I think I ended up taking fourth. That wasn't too bad for only knowing the game for about 18 hours. Yeah, that seems pretty fun. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the War Machine is, is a lot of fun. I, I like it. What about your customers? So, you know, you, you said now you're focusing on War Machine and Hordes. It- well, we've got a... Got a, a a learner's league, for lack of a better term. Yeah. The official name is the Journeyman's League, with a sign-up sheet hanging up on the wall. We've got seven signatures on it of people who are committed, want to play. Yeah. And, uh, of course, when people come in catch a game, we can catch a game. But just being a little bit patient, but at the same time as a shop owner, pushing people to, to hey, just Throw caution to the wall and get this, and let's get this going. Let's play some games. Let's get some prizes awarded. Yeah, and most people have their battle boxes already. If we get one more signature, we're going to get the Journeyman League started anyway. And that's the same as any other game. It's the idea is to push them and use whatever in your disposal to get people to do things, and people respond very well to, hey, if we can get this tournament going, I can start awarding some prizes. That's right. That's right. And People like the free things. We, we, got, we got seven... Uh, committed right now so as soon as we get one more uh, we'll pretty much be official and start running events and stuff yep. uh, cool. Getting we got modern, modern magic nights we've got an EDH magic night mm-hmm. Friday night magic standard we got D&D on Sundays or Saturdays 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 and Wednesdays we're going off on cra- craziness here and uh, Aaron here <laughs> he is a, a very very nice man that goes to church with his family and spends time with them on Sunday so he doesn't open shop. I, on the other hand, have no such obligations as I am not married and have no children. So I will probably be opening up on that last day the way the shop's open seven days a week. Nice. So you can always get your cardboard crack fix. Cool. So you're filling up the schedule then, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I said, we got sanctioned, what, two days ago? And... 
are were filled up through at least Halloween already. So we got we got at least one thing every single night. Well, you focus on one thing, and if other things show up in May, you go ahead and throw something together for them too. Oh yeah. But if we have the room, everybody well, everybody knows yeah. that on say Saturday after six. D&D takes priority to anything else as right. it is their scheduled day. But if, say, people show up for Pokemon, I can get them on another table. Go for it. Right. And when we get the downstairs fixed, then that's going to kind of... We'll be able to run two events simultaneously there. So The goal with the downstairs, as soon as we can get it figured out... I mean, we have light. We've got two bathrooms down there, so we don't have to go to the end of the mall to the the one bat the set of bathrooms down there is better lighting getting it cleaned up because it's kind of got that mildewy smell to it yeah and uh i'd like to find a way to hook up some black lights still trying to figure out how to get the wiring done so you've got some uh some renovations to do it's a yeah. bit of a fixer-upper a little bit well the the cool thing about our landlord for this place is he runs a sawmill in his spare time so if we need any any amount of lumber it's ours all we got to do is ask him yeah nice. And I've got lots of know-how with power tools. Yeah. I was raised with two, my, both grandpa, grandparents, having my grandfather alive on both sides. I've been yelled at enough. You know, I, I don't think throwing caution to the wall every time is always the, the best way of going, but every once in a while you manage to, to throw a bullseye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are doing pretty good with the, the like, relatively small amount of resources that you've put into this uh, endeavor. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... Efficiency and the old Phyrexian saying of waste not, want not. Yeah. I suppose so. Um, yeah, when we first started uh, about six months ago, we, me and my wife uh, threw five, 500 bucks and a laptop into the scenario, and we ended up, you know, with a decent store, except we were overflowing. And then that was kind of on a whim, and then Alan here shows up and kind of on a whim again, and it just gets better every time we go on a whim. We need to start going on more whims. Follow your whimsy. <laughs> Let's see what happens in D&D when we do that. Agreed. Well, either that bard rolled a, a, a one or that wizard rolled a 20. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I think that's oh. one of the more interesting things about what you've done is that you've kind of showed that you can do it with a very small amount of money. It can be, it can be done. It, it can definitely be done. Uh, it takes, it, you know, it takes more people, really. It does t- take take a people to make the community, and community is what it's one hundred and twelve percent about. But here's the deal: that community has to have a place to be. You have to have the brick and mortar, and it's not so much the the quality of brick you buy or or the how much water you put in the cement because you don't have very much of it. It's how much elbow grease you invest to yeah. get it squared, get it plumb, get it moving right as it's supposed to be. And if you have $500 in a laptop and you throw 80 hours a week into it versus someone who starts with 10 grand and and works on it on their spare time, the guy who has less resources is going to make his resources work harder and go further than someone who just can write a check and not think about it. Right. And players players pick up on that way way easy we have four or five players now that i I affectionately call the trustees like we're in prison yeah who 
are so pumped about what we're doing that they're always coming in every day. They're helping customers as much as we are. You know, they're trying to butter us up to them work behind the counter. Yeah. And, right. you know, everyone's going to have those, but you've got to have the right concoction to get them there. Yeah, for sure. By having the moxie and the, the upbeat personality and, hey, this guy's really working hard to get this for us. Yep. Yeah. You know? And it, it, I think our our community definitely appreciates, you know, just how hard we work to try to get more people in, get stuff moving, you know. Just all the work we put in, they, they really do see it. No, that's good. That's that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to find out like, what what is your what's your magic bullet. Yeah, it definitely our community members. I mean, there, there's nothing else to say about that. I mean, we have a great community. We really do. Yeah, people love their games. Just people have to have a place to, to let their inner nerd out. No, that's right. And, you know, here in Coffeeville, there's nothing to do anyway. So, I mean, where else are they going to hang out? Especially since we're open late into the night. Right. No, you're you're filling a need, right? That's that's kind of the the whole idea. Yeah, see the need and fill it. That's the idea of business, I guess. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Answer demand with supply. Nope. Oh. <laughs> and that, you know, we quit just pandering to the card playing community. We started bringing in the miniature community, the anime fans, those who read manga, because they're not always the same group. Mm-hmm. You know, getting the cosplayers involved. And just anything that we can do to, if you want to fly your, your nerd or geek flag, you know, we will support you and we'll get you in here. Um, looking into getting a, paying our fee for our safe place sign, register as a, a safe haven for, for youth, working with, um, oh, well, I just drew a blank. <laughs> the police department? No, that, that's not what that's I was, not that's it. Where I was going. All right. I don't know the, the idea is to just be an open and accepting place for everybody to yeah. come conglomerate, hang out, and have a- fun. Ab- absolutely. And, of course, you know, once we get them in here, there's always a lot of crossover, too, between the games and different genres. Like, we get the manga people in, and they, do, and they you know, discover CD and Will, Will, a card game that all the pictures are drawn in the anime manga fashion. Yeah, force of mm-hmm. those things magic, I want to do. Magic derivative. we got to do some force of will. You know, it's just a matter of, of matching people with, with hobbies that they want. Right. Everybody wants something to do and wants wants that feeling of belongingness. Yeah. You know, the, the, the nerd herd. For yeah, sure. really starting to live up to the name of Nerd Haven, right? Oh, yes. That, that's the idea. That's how we started it, and that's how we're going to finish it. <laughs> so what's your vision for the store, then? As you continue to grow, like you know, you're six months in now. What about uh, the next six months or the next two years? I had this this really funny idea. The shop we were in next to us is that's 200 square foot area. The rent to that's only 250 a month, right? If I can get someone, put them on payroll that has proper childcare licensing, open up our own private daycare. <laughs> because so many so many nerds have have kids that are are yelling, screaming, you know, throwing dice across the room, and that, or they can't come out because of their kids, no, you know, no sitters, because they don't want to bring their kids and put them in the game store, fear of they'll break something. Oh God, we'd make a fortune. I mean, we've got, I mean, last night at the our grand reopening, we had like seven children before the night was over. Yeah, just running, screaming, having having fun. 
sent him out into the mall area for a little while. That, put, that put seemed a, to help. You know, took our TV out, put on some cartoons, but at the same time, if someone wanted to charge $20 a kid for four hours, you know, they would make their rent and then their profit in a week. Oh, yeah. Hey, so, you're probably right. Yeah. How many other nerd stores have daycare? <laughs> That'd be show awesome. me, show me one in this country. <laughs> That's yeah, true. I don't know. I've talked to a few stores who kind of do not daycare, but they, you know, they bill themselves as uh, able to take care of children, like not young children, yeah. but like seven and up. You know, they uh, they talk about how it's a great place, and it is to just drop off your somewhat young kids, and they'll you know take care of them for the day or at x number of hours, and do a program or something. So it's a good idea. Yeah, we're talking more like the six and under yeah. uh, crowd that, you know, pe- people in their 20s or 30s, you know, just starting to have, have kids and they don't want to get out of their hobbies, but they can't really get out because, you know, kid, they can't take their kids or they can't really get a babysitter or something, just have that right there on site. I mean, that might not be too bad of an idea. Just rent my random musings. Yeah. We're just throwing around ideas. <laughs> right, well, we just talked about how, you know, going out on a whim seems to work out pretty well for you guys, so hey, maybe, it is, maybe it'll work. It does. Just wing it. It'll all work out. <laughs> and, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, just stop doing it. That's true. If you're doing it wrong, stop and do it right instead. Well, heck, when I, when I went in here, I mean, I, I said, well, I'm throwing $1,000 cash in all this junk I had. Hmm. So if this goes terribly awry, I'm only out $1,000 cash and some junk I had. <laughs> Yeah, your uh, your risk is pretty low, yeah. whereas the upside is actually pretty high. Oh yeah, the the up the up the upside's crazy. I, I, I tr- trust crying this over the stock market any day, <laughs> especially in this economy. Yeah, except it won't pay off nearly my, my, as well. My four hundred one k has gotten completely ravished. Wow. Yeah, except this won't hardly pay off anything. No, it's not about about the the. the profit in the end it's about not paying anything in and getting to come and play our own hobbies that's true that's true the, the motto thus far i guess has been to aim to break even just that's where the bar is set anything above is a great surprise and makes us really happy that we're doing something right <laughs> yeah and there's, yep. there's more value in it than just the dollars right oh yeah, exactly. yeah there's a lot more to life in general but uh yeah, like the difference between an investment and like a, a bond or something like that and the thousand dollars and you know, the effort you're putting into the store, you're getting way more out of the store. Not dollar value, but in general, like, I think uh, total value. As long as we're not paying anything, we may not be making anything, but we're not being harmed as individuals. We both still work our day jobs that feed our families, so yeah. to speak. So, I mean, that's that's the, the, the real, real winner in the whole thing. For for now, when uh, when we get going real, real well, um, I will probably end up... Uh, quitting my day job and just working here full time. I like my day job way too much. I get paid. <laughs> hey, well, nothing says you have to stop working your day job. That's true. Right? That's true. I mean, my wife doesn't work. She comes here and, you know, does the daily activities of, you know, just for the day. And then around four o'clock we open up and by then I'm off work and Alan's almost off work here. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about while you're still hanging out? Is there anything, uh, any topics we didn't hit that you wanted to mention? Uh, talk about. 
as far as in the realm of our control or my random gripings and musings about game manufacturing companies. Go into that. That'd be awesome. Privateer does a really good job working with people. Magic, I mean, this battle for Zendikar they just dropped has been a money money set. And mm-hmm, people have been sure. hotcakes. But uh, you're not going to have money sets all the time. If this had been literally like, say, Innistrad that had just dropped and we were talking about back then, they probably wouldn't have done nearly as well as we have in reality. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, and part of it is your the products that you're selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, the other thing is distributors. Oh, my goodness. We, we've had so many problems with distributors. Distributors will run out of certain products. And or they'll send it all to a shop that actually makes you know, X amount over you. Yeah. Or they'll over- oversell and not tell you until it's too late to do anything about it. Right. And then you got to make a midnight run and drive an hour and a half to Tulsa to buy booster boxes at $100 a pop to uh, make our draft happen. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the the wave of fat packs. Like, we can't mm-hmm. even get fat packs. We, we tried to order, like... Like two or three days before uh, the launch, and our the distributor that we had were just completely out already. Yeah, that's a that's been one of the weirder things about the Battle for Zendikar. Oh yeah, is that like every store has yeah. had that exact same problem. It's just you know, fat packs were all of a sudden super super popular, and nobody can get as many as they wanted, and some people are getting none. And right. just uh, no one's happy, basically. Yeah, I I wish they definitely make more of those, but I can kind of see the the point of just having the single run because they got to keep pumping out the booster boxes. Yeah, and just and also you know for to Wizards credit, previously all the fat packs kind of sucked. You know, they were just they were fine. They're just booster packs and some lands, but. Right. The only reason that these ones are special is because the, the lands are full art lands, right? And those right. are, everyone loves that stuff. So that's the only right. reason it's popular. So, like, if they do it again for Oath of the Gatewatch, those ones will probably also sell out, like, immediately. But most likely every other set is just going to, it's going to go right back to normal and people are going to be, the fat packs are going to be sitting on shelves collecting dust. Yeah, that's that's true. Because, uh, I mean, Ther- Theros backpacks, we can still probably get those. Yeah, if you wanted to. Nobody really yeah. wants them, so. No. Didn't they really sell. Them. Didn't move very fast. Well, so, like, yeah. the one, the single print run makes sense in that, in that case. Just, right, it, it, right. It, the problem really is that Wizards didn't anticipate how much, how much demand there was going to be for these things. I guess that was the real issue. Yeah. Well, it's not that, not that they didn't get the you know, realize what the demand was going to be. I think it was completely calculated and done on purpose. Oh, really? Full art lands have always been a very expensive commodity. They're not going to make those things stay a quarter for all. They're going to run a limited issue to get a bunch more out in circulation because it was needed. Yeah, because they were getting a little a little pricey. $3 a land is where, where we were at. Right. And, and, and now we got it back and, down to a dollar. In three months, again. it's going to be back up to two, 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 three dollars again. It's gonna gonna get there again. Yeah, after Zen, after people quit opening Zendikar, it'll start creeping back up slowly but surely. And over four or five years, they'll be you know two, three, four dollars again, and then they'll have to do it again. And that's certainly possible. Yeah, and if the player base keeps growing, people are gonna keep wanting them, yeah. right? Oh yeah, for sure. 
Wizards wants the full art lands out, and I understand why, but, but they, I don't think they're really wanting them to get too crazy expensive either. Yeah. But, well, it just, Wizards is in a really odd place, and, I, and some of it I don't understand with, with my engineer brain. You know, I understand that they need to, they're wanting to make their money, they need to create hype, they need to get the hype train off the station, and Zendikar's doing a fantastic job about it. But we're also talking about a company that has a set reserve list that they have been sued over breaking and lost on their own. Yeah, they, people have sued mm -hmm. over reprints on things that were on the reserve list and won. You can look that up. Really? Mm -hmm. I've never heard that. So that's why I'm thinking that they're real major money cards. They can't reprint. I mean, they can't. Full art lands, everybody wants them. Backpacks are going on eBay for 80 bucks a pop. Yeah, I know. People crazy. Hang out the noses. Yeah. And then, of course, you can find old... Full Art Expeditions. I mean, why, oh, yeah, the Full Art Expeditions. Them, you My. can't even play them in standard because they're not legal. Yeah, but does that even matter? They're Full Art, like, fetch Oil lands. No, it barely matters at all. And here's further evidence. Does anyone remember Commander's Arsenal? Oh, yeah. I remember Commander's Arsenal. A shop could get mm -hmm. no more than six if you were chosen to have them to begin with, and there were only X number made, and they wouldn't make any more, and those went for 120 a pop. Yeah. Pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, I mean, it's just little stuff like that kind of get, gets to shop owners, but, you know, it is what it is. You can't do a whole lot about it. You got, you got sitting around having business meeting talking about finances has to happen. Sitting around figuring out what you're going to be pricing things at the next drop is just as ever bit as important. Oh, yeah. And figuring out and thinking about all the behind-the-scenes stuff uh -huh. comes into effect a lot. Yeah, it sure does. You know, Theorycraft 101. <laughs> yep. We're, we're not quite Channel Fireball, but we'll get there. Yeah, no, it's, it's good stuff to talk about because from an outsider's perspective, you don't, you know, there's no experience for the customer with distributors. Yeah. You just see the product on the shelf. So finding out what's going on behind the scenes is... Uh, it's good to know if you actually wanted to get into the into the business. Yeah. And well, yeah, Wizards is in a very strange spot with uh, what they've got going on. Oh yeah. Well, for ma sure. Magic cards is like a miniature economy in itself. It really is. And oh yeah. It's, you can even call it closer to a stock market. And as a shop owner, you have to be an, eco an economist to think, okay, this is released, so these old cards here are going to go up because of Commander, but these are going to go down, and you've got to be yeah. able to adjust your prices accordingly. And, and then that also affects how much you can buy stuff in for, too, which kind of aggravates some people. Like, you know, the we can pay more for the Theros Gods that are just rotated out than we can for most of the rest of the set because the Theros Gods are obviously Commanders. So, mm -hmm. but the entire rest of the set we can give, you know, pretty much nothing for or close to nothing, because, you know, nobody's going to want it. We're not going to make any money on it. Exactly. Yeah, short, there's of, short of something like Thoughtseize. Right, right, short of Thoughtseize, of course, because that's a staple in every format ever, so... <laughs> well, the, the point being, and all of it goes back to, you know, there's a lot of pre-thought and outside, behind-the-scenes elbow work that has to be put in, not just cleaning, vacuuming, staying after hours, organizing cards, but yeah. you know, theorizing, projecting, and trying to adjust your numbers. Because I'm not if I try to charge you five dollars for an eighty-five cent card, you're not going to buy it. But if I put eighty-five cents on a card worth five dollars, I'm losing money. Oh yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, you, get, you definitely have to keep up to date. Uh, the the research for just keeping stuff priced alone can 
eat a you know a fourth of your day pretty easily yeah no it's uh one of the tougher tougher aspects especially if you want to control it yourself and like i i know why you'd want to the supply and demand for your local area is probably you know very different from what it is in other parts of the country but uh like from what i've seen is that uh one of the simpler ways of you know saving that time of doing the research and figuring out prices for specifically magic cards is just uh using a benchmark like tcg player to price out your your stock yeah right let the let the big guys do all the work and then just kind of make use of them yeah we we do tcg mid um for everything we do but it's more like uh when we're doing like buy-ins and stuff like that kind of projecting on what's going to go up what's going to go down is definitely i don't i don't want to say uh what do they call that the mtg finance stuff Mm -hmm. you know we don't we're not trying to really make predictions but to know it's not speculating yeah, it's not speculating. That's that's the word I was looking for. It's not speculating. It's more of uh, how much are we going to need of this particular card over the next, say, six, eight months, you know? So there, there's a lot of that kind of research and trends and stuff. And, and we don't have the resources as a, as a small town mom and pop shop. Right. Like, say, Alien Games and Jinx, where you can pull up any of their rare books, have two cards next to each other in the book. At two different prices because one was bought when the price was up, one was bought when the price was down. Yeah. And you ask the shop owner, hey, what's up with this difference in pricing? And he goes, oh, if I were you, I'd buy the cheaper one and walk off. <laughs> I mean, that's great, great for, for people who want to go, go shop with him because he's a great guy, treats everybody like family. But, you know, if you don't have the resources to, to do that sort of thing, you have to do the research. I mean, have to. Yeah. No, no, it's just part of getting into business with magic and you know their other games have similar uh, economies and it's just oh, yeah. it's kind of like a tcg thing yep yeah uh, but uh, distributor issues how we got started on this conversation that's kind of like a like wizards has its own thing going on but yeah like getting uh getting the products you want out of just out of your distributors can be tricky yeah actually right now we're having troubles uh locating a 3D chess set. I got a guy wanting a 3D chess set, and I just can't find it. I had one in my possession. Of my yeah. But finding it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Because lo- the distributor we're work- we work with the most, they have a lot of board games and stuff, but for some reason, they just don't have 3D chess. I don't know. And then there's just certain little things like that that every once in a while, someone will ask for something that, you know, we just can't get. Well, that'll happen. Maybe the product doesn't exist, or it's out of date, or, you know, like lots of things. Yeah. I mean, they still make it. It's just... It's just really rare. Right, right. Hmm. It's one of those things. Well, maybe you just have to, you know, find it on eBay or something. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, that's probably what we'll end up doing. (laughs) Like, if the guy really wants it, you know, put in the work for him. Yeah, Yeah, we'll, we'll probably end up doing that. Okay, so why don't you let the listeners know where they can find Nerdhaven online and in real life. To find us here in Coff- Coffeeville, we're at uh, 118 West 9th Street, mm-hmm. Suite 2 now. Yep. You'll see our big window and our big sign. I can't miss us. 
Nice. Uh, we've, we've actually neglected the uh, website, so that's probably not a good thing to get on right now. But you can see us on our Facebook, which we do. Well, the address is the same. The suite numbers change. But when you walk in the door and you see the giant sign that says Nerd Haven, yeah. it doesn't really matter what the little number on the mailbox says. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then and then you can get on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash nerdishhaven. And we're always on there doing something. We definitely keep up with that pretty good. So. Cool. You so, can, yeah, definitely go visit the Facebook page and say hi. Oh, absolutely. Say hi. Uh, do some role-playing with us. We'd, we'd love request to. Request an autograph. You know, Aaron loves giving out autographs. I don't think I've ever actually given out an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> but, maybe uh, you will now. Oh, maybe I will now. Maybe you will. Cool. If anyone wants an autograph, just let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll sign a card and send it to you. Perfect. The first one will send a really cool card. Nice. Okay. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on the show and, uh, you know, sharing your experience, talking about Nerd Haven, all that fun stuff. I appreciate it. All right, Tom. Always a pleasure. You guys have a good day, and I'll talk to you later. That's it for another show. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Aaron and Alan for coming on the podcast. If you're in the Coffeeville area, definitely give them a visit. You should also totally become a patron of the show and help the podcast keep growing. Go to patreon.com forward slash podcast to sign up. A buck a show is all I ask. Again, thanks for listening. I will talk to you again next week.